You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Folks, it is another episode of Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall, and I'm super excited and blessed to have back with me Amanda Bies, who has been a guest with me before. She has revelation and insight to achieve a lifestyle of victory and Messiah through practical experience, and uh, she has had an incredible ministry to survivors of satanic ritual abuse and government-sponsored mind control agendas. Um, along with her husband, Roly, they offer prayer resources, teachings, and in-depth training. You can find her at canaanministries.org, and that's spelled K-A-A-N-A-N, ministries.org. Amanda, welcome back to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Thank you. Thank you. It's a blessing to be back with you, Daniel. Good to see you again. Well, it, it's really good to sit down with you again. You know, it was a joy being able to sit down with you last, and we actually need to talk more often, Amanda. <laughs> I agree. I need it. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and you're tracking so much incredible, incredible ground. You, you are continuing to operate at the front lines, and you're joining us today because you've learned some things about what you were calling the Hitler Project that I believe needs to be much more widely understood. And, and so I want to open up with this question. Amanda, what was your first exposure to the idea that there was a so-called Hitler project? Daniel, you know, um, <clears throat> I've been working, doing a lot of work in Europe and um, the people that I've worked with, uh, it was amazing that they came from different nations um, and every time we started to dig and try and find out, um, you know, what are the, uh, what's on the bloodline and where does the bloodline, always starting with iniquity and, and you know, who's on the bloodline. Um, we would bump into the royals and, um, and then get to quite high ranking, um, you know, your top 13 uh, royal bloodlines. And then to understand that if you, if you say today that you're a royal, you have to pull your bloodline right the way back to Charlemagne, who is from the 12th century. Well, it starts, you know, <clears throat> from the 8th century, um, there was already like a progress uh, towards the 12th century, which was the first Holocaust that actually took place. And then um, there was... Uh, a, you know, from there, um, Charlemagne, they, they decided to collect all the missing pieces of Osiris, you know, which is the whole Egyptian thing that, that, that we know about. So, uh, you know, within Charlemagne, there was, a, there was a lot of history. So if you're trying to say today that you are from the top royal family, you have to pull back and say, right, that's where I come from. From the 12th century, I can prove my bloodline. And so we started to understand the history. And what was very interesting, things that we found, like you would think Germany, um, uh, England, France, uh, Russia, uh, those nations are separate nations. But if you go even further back, 
you will find that when they started to break up these countries into you know separate countries they were actually all families they were cousins wow. so it was it was it's been a fascinating journey and it's been years of working with survivors and actually tracking and um i was working with this one girl and and suddenly you know we were trying to say okay we the lord started to open up the silver cord i don't know if you you know about the scripture in Ecclesiastes 12 verse 6 that speaks about the silver cord. Yep. And, you know, through the years of ministry, you know about the silver cord, you know about, you've heard about it. And then you, then what happened, well, actually practically what happened, we were in, in the Netherlands. Now, the, now the Netherlands, God has been showing us, has been quite a key for the history. Um, tracking again, Hitler, Hitler project and royal bloodlines. So, and the role that they've been playing in history has been absolutely profound because they were seafarers, they, they conquered land, I mean, very much like England, but taking South Africa, they got here first. And then when the English found out the riches that's here in South Africa, um, South Africa is almost like the safe for the New World Order because we've got all the gold and the diamonds and all the riches here, Russia too. But um, there's a lot of stuff going on here. So when the Dutch came and they started to put in the stakes and, and take the land, the English heard about it and they sent a guy called Cecil John Rhodes, who was also from a royal. And the, the first big battle was between the two Masonic lodges, the one from, from the uh, Dutch and the English. Anyway, so we found the Dutch were really key and we found William of Orange just about all over the place, you know, and, and he's got rivers named after him. He's, he separates countries. So he, he separates from the east and the west. He draws a line and he separates north and south. So whenever, like, like you've got Korea, you've got North Korea, South Korea, you've got South Africa, you've got, you've got the same thing, you've got separated. So this William of Orange, you've got him in Ireland, you know, with the whole Orange, the, the, the whole Orange movement, the Orange Lodge is William of Orange and it's the Netherlands. So we started to dig up more and more around these bloodlines. And so we had three days holiday, holiday in, in the Netherlands and so we were in this little town called Delft and they make these, the pottery. So, I mean, that's in my mind. I'm going to, I'm going to have a bit of a break now. I'm tired. And so we, we, we're going to, we're going to just see what pottery there is. Anyway, we go to the market square and here's this traditional church on the market square, which is standard, you know, Europe has got, always got the, the, the church square and the, the, the traditional church. We go in there. Yeah, they take you through a tour of all the kings and queens of the Netherlands. So you start with William of Orange at his grave. Now, the, the graves are all, they, they're buried there. The bones are all there. So you start with him. He's, he's seated. They've got a big statue of him there. Next to him is a dog. Now, I've started to learn this. When we start to work with survivors and their royals, and there's this type of stuff on the bloodline, the, the most strangest thing would happen in, there would be like a, a trigger, and the next minute they'd be on their hands, hands and knees, 
and they would be ready for sodomy. And I thought, what is going on? And then when I saw William of Orange in the dark, and I realized that's how they program them. Wow. What does God call a sodomite? He calls a dog. Wow. So they, the slaves, so the, the, the survivors are all very obedient to their masters. And they are trained to be part of the beast programming. You know, Revelation speaks about uh, the false prophet and the beast and the dragon. And so part of the beast programming is where they would take them, put them into cages. Now, Joseph Mengele was very good with us. Put them into cages. They'd be naked and they would be starved. And then raw pieces of meat would be thrown at them. And they, they would be animals. They would be made lower than animals. You would not treat your animal the way this, these survivors have been treated. And so they became dogs and all they had to do, it was, that was, that's part of the beast programming. And so they become, they become a beast. They create a beast in them. And then to part of that is the, the sodomy. And so you become somebody's dog. So we started to ask, who's your master? Whose dog are you? And so that started with William of Orange. Then you, you follow the trail in the church. And you follow, you go right around the church and you follow and you see who all the kings and the queens are. So the people we've been working with, they come out with these names. That they have this queen, they have this name, they have this name, you know. And anyway, as we were finished, we did the round. We, we, I looked back to look at the scene again because you're walking like a red carpet. And I saw a box with a huge Bible. You know, those old big fashion Bibles. And I thought, wait, let, let me go and see what's the scripture. So I walked back there and I look, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 6, the silver cord. And the penny drops. And I realized that this is what we're dealing with. I... I have been trained to call them dead human spirits. I think, I don't know if you call them alien spirit. I know Arthur Burke calls them alien spirits. Yeah, his term would be AHS, alien human yeah. spirits. Yes. Yeah. The spirits of the dead. Mm-hmm. And so that, and here is the plaque with William of Orange that says, the grave will not hold me. I will rule from the grave. So then we started to pray about the silver cords of every survivor to see who is on the silver cord. Hmm. So we're tracing bloodline. So I was praying with this girl, highly ranked, and I said to her, okay, let's have a look who's on your bloodline. Let's ask, let's ask God to show who's on your bloodline. And as we're praying, suddenly she says, the cousins, the cousins, the cousins. So I said, you know, who's the cousins? She said in history, and she found on Google the three cousins who formed the nations of her bloodline. So you see, you cannot think in terms of only the French or only the German or only, you know, it's 
they were family. They were originally family. That's so right. You've got, go, you've got to go back to the ancient roots to discover where the power source is because it's iniquity. So as you're talking, of course, my, my head is going dip, 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 like all over the place. You know, it's a few cultural references here that, that bear mention. One, one thing we have in the United States here is the Folsom Street Parade over in California. And they do a lot of, uh, I, I, I mean, it, it's disgusting. It's just disgusting. They, people walking around in BDSM clothing, um, genitals exposed. It, it's really, and, and one of the things that they'll do is they'll have, you know, the, the, the dominance and the submissives, and the submissives will be crawling around on their hands and knees. There, there are photos of this with, with dog collars around their neck and, and chains yeah. at the Folsom Street. Like you, people could find it. I'm not saying look it up, <laughs> please, especially if you have children, like leave that alone. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like cultural references, right? It's, it's in plain sight. Uh, you know, and, and, and one of the things about the, the Beast, you know, there was a movie that came out called Split a few years ago. And the whole movie is about this guy who is a multiple personality who abducts these young girls. And it's a progression towards the beast coming out. And what does the beast do when he comes out? He actually eats people. Uh, it, it's propaganda that I think makes people very afraid of survivors. I thought it was very unfortunate because for the survivors that I knew, um, that, that is very triggering because the whole idea that, well, I'm a monster and if uh, anyone knew what I was really like on the inside, they'd see that I'm this. So now I need to be afraid of myself and every other survivor on the planet, which is, I think, overage. <laughs> but it, it's propaganda. But they're playing on this theme, the beast. What you're saying is absolutely true. You know, with a lot of this cage programming, they put these children in the cages and then they have animals. They actually have animals, rabbits, mm. dogs, and they're being nice to them while the children are treated worse. And so the children actually want to be the animal because if at least I was a dog or a, you know, a cat, they do this with the beta programming. So <laughs> all of this, right, but, but you're connecting it in such a deep way. And one of the other things that I want to say, because, you know, Amanda, people, they don't get it in the Christian church. Was, we're so far behind the curve. People are still debating. It's like, well, if it's a spirit, it's a demon. If it's a spirit, it's a demon. It's a demon. It's a demon, 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 demon. It's like, dude, you are very far behind. Like, we have spirit children. We have astral projecting soul parts. We have the human spirit. And you can encounter a person's soul parts or human spirit on the spirit plane or the astral plane, whatever you want to call it. Like, because they're both on that frame. We're even running into synthetic spirits. You know, they're, they're generated in quantum computers with code. And so this oversimplification, and one of the things that I ran into, Matt, I'm just going to throw it out there. You know, people struggle and they'd say, well, you know, okay, 
you guys that do this coaching with people that are survivors, you say that you find these human fragments that are persecuting people, but those people are dead. Show me in the Bible where you find that. It's like, well, first of all, necromancy is contacting the dead. And the Bible condemns that practice because it's a real thing. That's in the Torah. That's right. The first five books of the Bible, we, we're talking about necromancy. Yeah. But furthermore, uh, what people don't know, and I, 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 I'll just say this, and I'm, I want to come back to you. Gehenna was the Valley of Hinnom where they used to make infant sacrifice to Molech. They had a statue, they'd light fire on the inside of the arms, they put the baby on the arms, the baby would literally grill and die and pass through the fire. So they had the statue to Molech there, and um, it was a lot of human sacrifice. It's a ritual site, Gehenna. Well, in the New Testament, King James, those translators change Gehenna to hell. And then they call Hades hell. And so you have hell being a tr completely obfuscated in the New Testament translation. So when Jesus says, you know, um, hellfire, uh, talking in, in, in the Gospels, it, he's actually making a reference to Gehenna, Gehenna mm -hmm. fire, um, you know, referencing this ritual site. Yeah. And he said that there are dead there. Now, the thing is, people think, yeah, because the dead, they go to hell. And dead people do go to Hades. Like, if you are not saved and you die, your soul will go to Hades. But, but it's not so simple. Because there are also dead in Gehenna, which is actually a physical location on the surface world. And that's where you begin to get into this understanding. Yeah. Soul parts can be operating on a graveyard or a ritual site. And yeah, the blood does cry out there as well. And yeah, death is a little more complicated than we knew. The dead were in Ghana, and that was a physical geography. So people say, well, oh, so, so why is it that when we move on Indian burial grounds and build our houses there, they're all haunted, quote unquote. Well, because that is a ritual site. That there, there is human spirit activity, human soul fragment activity on that defiled land. Yes. And Jesus talked about, in my opinion. Now, other theologians may have a differing opinion, but I looked it up, Amanda. I looked it up. And you know what I found? I found that no one could explain why Gehenna was translated hell. They just kind of shrug their shoulders and move on. So... There you go. Good. Anyway. Oh, that was good. That's good. I'm glad you explained that. Because, you know, it wouldn't be in the Bible if it wasn't possible. Okay. If, if the word says, don't call up the dead because the curse will come, why would it be in the Bible if you can't call up the dead? You know? So, and the thing is, the final judgment day hasn't arrived yet. All right. So, there's still going to be a final judgment day when they will definitely be be put into the place where God tells them to go. And the other thing is, why does Revelation say that the sea is going to give up the dead? So the sea is still holding. There's still spirits in the sea. You have the sea, you have Gehenna, you have yep. death, and you have Hades. Yes. 
Yeah. And what about to Taurus? So, man. Should we do that another day? <laughs> <laughs> we might come back to that. Um, I mean, if you have something to say about Taurus, please go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, I know that that's the holding place, you know, where the angels are kept. Mm. But a lot of the people that we work with are also Nephilim connected. And so a lot of them will go, go in and out after Taurus. Like they pass through the veil of life and death. I mean, that's a survivor. They go through so many death experiences that they get to a place where they willingly lay down their lives for Lucifer, willingly. And so they pass through the curtain easily. And the one part believed that her mommy, she was always looking for her mommy, you know, her little kitty parts. Where's my mommy? I want a mommy. And one of the things that I really teach the, 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 the counselors is don't be someone's mommy because you cannot be someone's mommy. So you refer them to God. And, and I said, you know, the Holy Spirit attribute I call love dove. And I say, ask love dove to come because I cannot be mommy for you. I'm not going to step into that trap. And, and also, if you do say, I'll be your mommy, then they go and do rituals on your behalf and you become a mother witch. So there's no way because they work on a covenant. You've given a commitment. You've given your word. And so what, what happened with these child parts were just crying out for a mommy. And then when, when we eventually found this part of her identity was stuck into Taurus and mothered by a Nephilim. Woman, okay, female Nephilim that was mothering her. And so her mother would call her to come and visit her. But a, a baby, baby part of one of the death rituals where she went into Taurus because of the Nephilim, because she was raised by Nephilim, held a part of her humanity stuck in death. And that's why she could pass in and out of death, no problem. That's 100% how it works. That's it, it, and it, folks, you guys need to understand this. When we talk about things like other realms, other timelines, you know, and, and, and like, what Amanda's mentioning, Tartarus, death, during the rituals and the trauma, um, fragments of the soul will be sent to these places and often they will leave DNA in those places. And that is the way that it's coordinates. The coordinates are always known to the system. So you can go back and forth. It's, it, all right. So, so that's why we're always pulling people's DNA and yeah. bone marrow and blood and stuff out of these other, you know, I have these prayers. I can't go there right now. Um, yeah. Amanda, back to yeah. the Hitler program. Yeah. So all of this is building up to the Hitler yeah. program. You're finding out who are your masters, going back to Charlemagne, going back to this guy, uh, Orange. And now, moving into World War II and the creation of Hitler, well, okay, what, what happens? How does this work? Yeah. Okay, again, <clears throat> we look at um, the Hitler Project and the Nephilim are linked. Because when we look at Genesis 6, 
and we say um, where Jesus said that as in the days of Noah, so it'll be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Then we have a look, okay, what happened in Genesis 6, and we know that the Nephilim came, at, well, sorry, the fallen angels came, they had uh, intercourse with a woman, and the Nephilim were birthed, and of course, they mixed the seed with humans, with fish, with animals, um, whatever. So, so the whole Greek mythology isn't a mythology. It was a real world. It was a real time. And they messed up creation so big that God had to send the flood. Mm. And so there's a lot of stuff that um, in, in the cult, um, you know, when you pray with them, that they say, they are pulling on the on the dinosaur bones. They are putting powers from the dinosaur bones because that was pre-flood, and and so that they're still drawing on that because it's still around, you know. And we know how they found, how they've already found diggings, and it's so old, and it was, you know, all the different countries have different stories around pre-flood and the flood and everything that happened. But now pull forward to to um, Second World War. And we have Hitler that came as a type of the Antichrist that started to do expeditions to Tibet. And he started to get into ancient Sumerian texts. And he started to try and find the power. And the whole thing was Nimrod. So they were after what happened with Babylon. And the fact that Nimrod was a normal guy and then changed and became a Geborim. There's a lot of teaching on that, so I'm not going to go into that detail. But you, you've got to have that as foundation to understand this. And so he changed. He, he became a semi-god, a demigod, half human, half god. So that's the secret. And all through all the ages, all the secret organizations, um, whether it be Rosicrucianism, Freemasons, or whoever, they wanted the secret of Nimrod. That's what they've been seeking. And I think Dr. Michael Lake has got a brilliant teachings um, that explains the whole process. So get to Hitler. He's looking for the same secret. He wants the secret of Nimrod. And then he sends guys on an expedition to Antarctica, where we know there's a power base. And a lot of the survivors are still tied to Antarctica but I want to share with you, please don't let me forget the Russian side of the story, because I'm, I'm counseling a Russian Jew at the moment. And I tell you, I am, it's different to the West. Okay, there's very similar similarities, but it's East and West. And so the Russian stuff, and again, the Hitler project is connected to it. So Hitler comes and he's, he's searching for all of this. Now, we know that there's a Jewish connection with Hitler as well. And we know that that's where the Kabbalah tree, and we're going to chat about that later on. But the Kabbalah tree also, Joseph Mengele put the Kabbalah tree, he would put into the survivors. Now, I know that you've done a very extensive study on that. So um, we, 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 we want to take, you know, all the different facets together and try and make sense of what does it mean today and what can we as as counselors learn and how to pray so hitler's also searching for the secret so he's also digging into all the ancient ways and we know that the scientists 
were using the occult to draw power from. So you you would have um, Himmler, and you had some some of the some real strong guys, and Mengele was part of it. But they were occultists. They were black, really worshiping like the black sun. If you go to uh, Vivelsburg, which is that. It's like a, a three, a, a triangle castle in Germany. Um, that's where Hitler did a lot of his, that was like the secret, um, their headquarters. And they have a, a crypt um, at the bottom. And then on top of that, you've got, um, the survivors would lie on an altar and they would look straight up into the black sun. And they were programmed with the black sun. So we know of sun worship, but there's also this evil side, which is the black sun. So you've got the Freemasons that worship the sun. You've got, you've got the karate guys that bow before the sun, you know? So we know there's a lot of sun worship. Africa's full of sun worship, but now we've also got the black sun, which is the, 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 the very dark stuff. And um, we've got the Titans, and the Titans, um, we know the, the history. So we went to the castle in Germany um, at, uh, at uh, the place where you would, you would see, we've got a replica in South Africa of exactly that same castle. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a war memorial. So it's all about war and warring gods. And right at the beginning, as you come into the doorway of this castle, you will find Michael. Now, Michael, this is a false Michael. The real Michael was the guardian of Israel. So the Germans say, no, 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 he failed. You know, they, they managed to, that's, they conquered all of that. So they pulled Michael and they brought him to Germany. And Michael is now the guardian angel of Germany. So you've got this. Michael that's standing there in his whole regalia, this huge giant of a Michael, fallen angel, that is now the entity of a Germany. So this was all Hitler's stuff. He was pulling on ancient things. You've got the Teutonic Knights, um, you know, and, and so um, they, they would be, those were the entities that, that Hitler pulled on. And then a lot to do with the death and the realms of the dead and the underworld. And so he would, uh, when, when it came to, to the whole thing about the Jews, um, he, they were led, they were channeling, and there was this woman called Maria Orsic. Now, Maria Orsic was a very strong channeler, a woman with long blonde hair, and part of her, the belief system was don't cut your hair. She had to have this long ponytail and her power source was in the hair. So it's almost a, a, a Samson copycat. And she would channel information down and give it to the scientists. And that's how they would build the, the rockets. And they would, um, all the technology, that knowledge that they had came from fallen angels. And she was, she was channeling all the formulas down, but sometimes she made a mistake or they heard it wrong or she made a mistake. But then many people died building these rockets and it had to be sacrifices. 
There had to be blood mixed in with all of this for the death. And so we went to the site where so many people died building the rockets. And we had the Germans go on their knees and repent for all the deaths of the people that had died in trying to build these rockets. And we know the story about Vernon von Braun, who was heading up NASA. And we know about all the top Nazis that were taken out of Germany and were taken to, just before the end of the war, they were all escorted out and taken to America, where we know they continued with their work of what they were doing in Germany. And, pull, and when they asked Vernon von Braun, where did you get your knowledge from? He said, them. And he was referring to, to entities that they had been pulling on. And so we have, um, in South Africa, we have a family that is that we're working with that is the family of Vernon von Braun. So um, horrific, uh, the bondage on them is very sad. So every now and then we'd bump into Hitler and this whole thing with Hitler and the story of Hitler. And then we started to see, but he had a project. And the survivors started reporting from different nations the same story and started to tell, tell us that, um, but there's a Hitler project. And it starts with a woman called Anastasia. So they all refer being in the womb of Anastasia. So, okay, digging up in the history again, and we start looking who's Anastasia, and we see, okay, so she's part of the Romanovs. She's Russian. She's yes, a Russian. She okay. And they say that all the Tsars were murdered, but she's now this hidden, the hidden one. 16-year-old young girl. And they got her because Hitler was also a Russian Jew. And there's a big secret now that, that I only saw the other day. Mm. But we've been working with this Hitler project. We've and they reported to us that a lot of the, the, the royals, the top royals that are now reporting 12th century high-ranking Nephilim connection. All right. So not all the SRA, depending on their bloodline iniquity, depending on the iniquity force. But if you're really a true royal and, and this is where you come from, you're going to have Nephilim always. The Nephilim are there. We said, Father, help us understand. As in the days of Noah, it's, it's so it will be. And we started to really pray to open it up and, and the survivors, pray with the survivors and to confirm from the one to the other so that we know that it's not just one person telling us a story. We're getting from different nations. We're getting confirmation. Yes. So the story is, Daniel, that um, with, with Hitler, he saw that he has to um, start up the, what, the, what the fallen angels were telling him. It's time to open the portal again. And this was to open the portal. There had to be enough blood. And of course, it's Jewish blood. And so the Second World War with 
the gas chambers and six million Jews that had died had given enough iniquity, enough death, blood. And you know, the chimneys, you know, I mean, you talk about Gehenna, the chimneys, Molech, you know, they're, they're, the chimneys of Molech, there it goes. The, the, the smoke rising up into the nostrils of Lucifer was enough to appease him. And the gateway, the portal to open up for the Nephilim to come back onto the earth is at Mount Hermon. Now, if you take the ley lines, I mean, these, these are fascinating things if you start to study and, and we have all of this in, in clips and you know all of this is available. But if you take the ley line and you take um, where you started in the States, you started to see a lot of, of uh, UFO landings and UFO action about 52, somewhere around there, 51. Yeah. Remember that time with all, when it started? Mm -hmm. um, with 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 all the the UFO ac um, activity, you take that place and you you run around the Earth, around the world, and thirty three degrees, which we know is a Freemason number. So you run thirty three degrees, you will come to Mount Hermon. Same same ley line. So we talk we're talking some portals are, are opening. So what happened was. In 1947, 46, just after the end of the war, now there's enough blood. Now we start 47. They uh, start saying, right, Israel must become a nation again. Now there's there's a God program running, but there's Satan's program running parallel. And he's trying to the whole time play the game to see what is God doing. We know that God said he prophesied that Israel will become a nation again. And we know how amazingly God established that. But now Satan's got a parallel. And so what happened was enough Jews had died. And now we have the portal on Mount Hermon. Where at the top there's Nimrod's castle. You can go there now and you will find Nimrod's castle at the top of Mount Hermon. At the foot of Mount Hermon, you've got a place called... Um, the grotto, Pan's grotto, Pan the goat god. And that is the place, exactly the spot where Jesus stood with his disciples. And he said to them, the gates of hell will not prevail against what God has planned. He stood at that exact spot and basically challenged and said, this is where the big fight's going to be. The Mount of Transfiguration is Mount Hermon. So when, when Jesus transformed himself, and they said, okay, let's build huts here. It was right there on the Mount of Transfiguration. He went to the spot where the enemy was going to open up this portal and where the fallen angels will come through again. And as in the days of Noah would be repeated. So it was 47, they took royals, they went there, there was impregnation. What they did was they took a, um, a baby, a little baby, and in the, in the impregnation, the fallen angels that have high technology, 
They know a lot more stuff than what we do. So, I mean, you talk about, I'm trying to keep up, okay? I'm, I'm the older generation. You guys, I love it to hear where you guys are running and flying with quantum. I mean, I had to learn what's quantum, what's, who's Metatron, and all these things that you guys, it just comes so naturally for you. And so, so it just takes a bit longer for me to learn. <laughs> so, you might be giving me a little bit too much credit. <laughs> Well, I'm trying my best to learn to keep up. But what happened was with the technology and the knowledge that they had, they could put a third strand on the DNA. We know that the DNA has two strands. When man fell in the garden, we were connected to God, body, soul, spirit. When man fell, what died? spirit cut off so we know that when we get born again we re get reconnected so then again we are connected to god body soul spirit so so god gives us that spiritual download of the third strand spiritual but now what the copycat was what the fallen angels had planned was that they would give women these special uh, highly ranked royals. They would put a third strand on their DNA, spiritual, to enable them to be impregnated by fallen angels, spiritual beings. So we're talking God is third heaven. When we get born again, we connected to third heaven, almighty God, Yahweh Elohim. But there's a second heaven, which is a copycat. And that's where Lucifer reigns. And so there's this whole copy of the temple. Everything is copied in the second heaven. And where the survivors are linked to, and where our bloodlines are linked to, our iniquities, second heaven. And so the more connections you've got to second heaven, the more things in the spirit world are going to open up to you. So you've got demonic covenants, you've got covenants with entities, which means second heaven, which means you're going to be a sitting duck and you're going to just go with whatever the devil wants you to go with on your bloodline. And so here we have these, these women that get the third strand, spiritual connection to now impre be impregnated by Lucifer, by the fallen angels to give birth to Nephilim, to become Nephilim mothers. And that's the Hitler project. And it, it kicked off this whole thing was, if, if we trace back, now what we do is we will ask questions to the survivor and we will say, okay, um, write down the names on your birth certificate. So it's uh, Betty, Joe, those are my names. And then we say, okay, um, we teach them to listen to their Neshama. This is very interesting then because what we found out on the Kabbalah tree. Oh, here you and go. I'm going to, okay, if I mix a little bit here with the Kabbalah tree. Absolutely. So, so that, so that, I mean, it's the foundation of mind control is the Kabbalah tree, <laughs> which is the axis of the earth as well. 
and there's the cosmic tree you know all about that and you know about all the circles they put in i'm not going to go there i want to bring in the connection that we has as we understand with the spiritual stuff go for it but so what what, what we understood was that there is this connection that takes place with the kabbalah tree um and and the and the this with the royals when they when they have this uh the the, the luciferian connection we know that what you explained very well that the top triangle is lucifer's domain and then you have the fallen angels domain and then the nephilim domain and then the human heaven normal what we know as human the 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 galaxies the stars that we know so so they had to learn to climb the kabbalah tree yes. and so from the beginning um, they would be connected to the, so there's this cosmic tree, which is a universal tree, which controls everything of mind control. So what we, what we did was we took the, the basics of the Kabbalah tree, which is put inside of every human being. And in the old, the older generation, they did it physically. So they suffered tremendous trauma mm -hmm. the younger generation they use virtual reality mm -hmm. which is worse because in the real world for the older generation they can't chop your head off then you're dead but in virtual reality they can so the person suffers the trauma exactly the same as though it is real and that frequency and that download of trauma gets trapped and that's what feeds satan and so we we have this um, uh, the whole kabbalah tree was planned to be put into the survivors so they have a personal Kabbalah tree, but there's the external cosmic tree and they are, it's a mirror as above as below. And so as they put this thing in, the, the trauma is horrific, but they also learn, they go through the different ranking and rituals. And you know that between the Nephilim, fallen angel, and then Lucifer's triangle at the top, between Lucifer's triangle and the fallen angels is a place called the abyss and only certain survivors are able to get through the abyss not everybody gets through many die trying to get through so there's a lot of death and dead bodies lying there and that is um where they have described it is the most horrific trauma to get through that abyss. And then when they make it through to Lucifer's kingdom, the top triangle where he rules, then that's when you actually become bride of Lucifer and you have a child with Lucifer. 
And one of the children of Lucifer will be the Antichrist. So everybody is jockeying for that position of, of the survivors when they still deceived and they don't know the truth. So that is just in a nutshell, what has happened. Um, you know, the stories that, that, that survivors have shared with us and we've seen the trauma and, um, you know, the, the horrific things that they have been through. So in 1944, we, to, to find out that's where it started. So we would say, okay, write your name down on your birth certificate. Then we would say, now, your conception identity, the day you were conceived, when God breathed his breath into you, is it the same as the date on your birth certificate? Daniel, I cannot tell you, I, I've never had one that says, yes, it is. It's, I've had very seldom when that happens. Most of the time they say no. Then we say, okay, so when did this happen? Now, on the level of the, over the heart area, pathway in the Kabbalah tree, there is something which they push in, which they call the false Neshama. Now, I think you know, there we go, good stuff. Okay, so Daniel, you, you know, there, just by the art where, where the, that New Jerusalem pathway is. Now, you know that um, with, with that, where they push the false Neshama is in, is every time a survivor goes through a death ritual, these very highly ranked the royals, they would say to me, but God didn't create me. And every time I would say, you are not created by Lucifer. Lucifer cannot, he, can, he doesn't have life. He cannot give you life. Only Yahweh Elohim can give you life. He's stolen the elements of sperm and ovum and, and, and he's created from there but he had to get the elements of life from Yahweh Elohim. So you are God's creation. And they kept on saying to me, no, I am Lucifer's creation. And when we worked and we got to this Kabbalah tree and we got to the false Neshama. Now I teach on the Neshama and I work with the Neshama, which is the, 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 the breath of God where um, you know, you can do a whole study on the Neshama and you can see that it's the lamp of the Lord. Um, it is, it knows all things. It searches the inward parts of man. So when we pray for revelation of what happened to the person, Neshama knows all things. Those scriptures. And so we say, so we pray and we say, um, we ask, you know, almighty God to, to work with the Neshama of the person and that only the truth will be heard. You know, we put boundaries up and we say, we don't want any bunny trails, no lies, no deception. And so we would work with Neshama. And here we work with a Kabbalah tree and we see Manly P. Hall and Madame Blavitsky and all of those that worked on the Kabbalah tree, they work on a false Neshama. And that's the breath of Lucifer. And then the penny dropped. 
And we realize that whenever they go through a death ritual and they get resuscitated, the Nephilim breathes Lucifer's breath into them. So they believe Lucifer created them. They have the life of Lucifer in them. They don't have Yahweh, Elohim's life in them. And it's because of these death rituals. Does that make sense to you? 100%. Wow. Now, here's the thing. I remember before I knew what the Kabbalah tree was. <laughs> because I, I came into this probably the same, you know. It's like, I just want to help somebody, Jesus. So bring it on. <laughs> here you go. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> so here, here, here we are. And I, I remember sitting down with someone. And actually, I, I believe you, you, you knew who this person was. But they had come to me. And they had done some work in the past and they had European Royal bloodline stuff going on. And I remember we hit the heart and they kept describing it to me as a death portal. And I kept trying to untether them from the trauma and take them out because it was not just a death portal. It was also a realm. It was a realm that they were, completely one with there was a oneness with the realm but it was in them but it was outside of them as well and this kind of language now i understand then i I just sat there with my head in my hands like why didn't i learn this in sunday school Mm -hmm. amanda (laughs) i know you you know exactly what i'm talking about come on man and so i'm trying to figure it out and I will, I will be honest. I failed to actually resolve this problem. I, I ran into it. We tried. We prayed this. We prayed that. We prayed no break. And it was, I, I started calling it the template because I didn't know what I was even running into. I'm like, I don't understand it because this person did not bring up Kabbalah at all. They didn't, they didn't use that language. They just said death portal in my heart. When I ran into Kabbalah, and looked at the tree, I began to understand that what I called the template for probably a year was the Kabbalah tree. I was looking, and I ran into other points. I ran into the crown. I ran into Keter. I ran into Yesed, because that gate at the genitals is everything. That is the foundation. So um, I, 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 I said, what? And... Uh, it was after I started to understand that I was dealing with Kabbalah that I was able to say, okay, well, how, how does this, how does this map? And I began to understand these points on the human body are a template that the occult uses to describe the nature of creation. And they're borrowing concepts. So they're mapping the human agency to their counterfeit creative key. And in doing so, you're able to anchor body parts, specifically the, the crown, the ears, the, 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 the shoulders, the hips, the heart, the throat. So that is the abyss. It's the throat chakra where you can get choked out or choked with the penis during the, you know, like, sorry, listeners, but they, that this is what they do all the time. They suffocate the children this way. Um, 
and they put the seed in the throat. And like the the thing is, um, they're mapping the body to this counterfeit creative template. And so when a person is locked into the Kabbalah tree, taking them out of that was very difficult, very difficult. And it wasn't until, Amanda, we had scribed the uh, Freedom from the Kabbalah tree prayer, which is in my second book, Prayers to Shake Heaven in Advance, um, that I actually, for the first time, had the report, I'm out. I'm out. And I'm like, you actually left one of those points? Yes, I'm out. They, they watched me leave. Everyone in the points looking at me like, how are you getting out of here? And, and, and I was like, wow, this is a really big deal. But that the heart is the death portal. And yeah. wow. I think the connection to the counterfeit Neshima is also really huge. Yeah. I, yeah. I like that, you know. Um, my goodness. Okay, continue. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so Daniel... We, 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 we always ask them, is your conception identity the same as your birth certificate? And then we get a no. Then we say, okay, if, if we ask your Neshama now under the authority of the Holy Spirit, what is the date that you would write down on your birth certificate? All these royals, different countries, don't speak to each other, don't know each other. All right down, 1944. Hitler project. Wow. So now my head is working. Is it possible? I mean, they're living today. They are the younger generation. We've got 33-year-olds. We've got 24-year-olds. We've got different ages. We've got... 66 year olds we've got 70 year olds those are the older ones but we all get 1944 so how does that work so then anastasia was the mother 16 year old they took the seed we've got king george the sixth that was a big player and there was the royals that you know the ovum they could they could splice they can splice the ovum and they can they can put different parts into the ovum attachments to the ovum so there was all I, the way i can explain it is like a petri dish kind of a impregnation but in her womb and they impregnated all the women. They were also a few men. And they were the Messiah. They were the, the, the Christ for the woman to make sure that they would fulfill their destiny and the whole plan would work. So there were men also involved. But the main project and aim was women to give birth to Nephilim because that's the Nephilim project. So it was 1944. Sometimes there would be a decoy and they would throw out 45. Then I know, wait, we haven't got, and I know she's a royal and I know it should be 44, then I wait. And, and then we see, okay, there's a shield. 
they put a shield up so that we, we don't get there. But I wait for it because you know the protocol. So, okay, 44. So it happened with Anastasia, the mother Anastasia gave these, when she gave birth, they slaughtered her. So you can imagine the trauma, the fear, all of that download, death, that went on to the babies. They took the babies and they froze them. Okay, so then I looked at medical history, but I know that the cult is way ahead, 50 years ahead of what we are. So, but let me just check, what is our medical? And I found that you can actually freeze um, this little embryo for, well, it's a little, you know, just, just started, just concepted, a conception baby. You can freeze for up to 20 years and implant and it will still be fine. That's just our world. So here we have all of them conceived in 44. Then they were taken and frozen and very strategically placed in different nations at different times in surrogate families. And they were raised by surrogate families, very specific pastors, homes that were part of the cult, high politicians. So it was, it was, it was some, you know, I mean, it was all, it was a blueprint plan for every little baby that they had invested in from 1944. They would say to me, yeah, Amanda, I was at the concentration camps and I saw, I smelt and I saw, and I saw them burn the people and I saw the, and I'm thinking, can't be, you know, it's impossible. You, you couldn't have been there because I'm thinking logically. I will send you this testimony. I asked one of the survivors. I mean, the same story has come through a few times. And it's a survivor that was conceived in 1944. And all she can describe is that she was like put into, there was, there was a batch. She says we were a batch of women that would be hybrid mothers. And we were all conceived in 1944. And the actual conception event involved several women's eggs that were chosen from various bloodlines. And then Hitler, George, the, the sixth, and the reigning ancient hybrid, who is Nimrod, a type of Apollyon. The hybrid was sodomizing Hitler, who in turn, was sodomizing George, who became the father of the batch of women. And then George, in my mind, represents generational passivity that allows for the massive displacement of person that happens when Satan comes into a woman when she conceives. Because he, he, was, he was very passive and basically that download came upon the woman so that there was room for Satan to possess. And then she goes on, I'll send, I'll send you this and you can just go. It's the union 
um, is when the will and the person of Satan comes in like a hand in a glove and displaces the passive will and person of the individual. Now, everything about a survivor is a passive will. They're a slave. They don't even know they can make a choice. And so I bring in a lot of the teaching of getting the will stand up, make choices. So there's a whole teaching on the will to break a passivity, to renew the ungodly um, beliefs that they are believing. And so um, then after the con after conception, she was placed into, she said, a small blue, silver, clearish ball, only two to three inches in diameter. And, and this is basically something that kept her alive. So she's in a frozen state and taken out. Then the blue light within represents the life of Satan and that which sustained my life. And then she would be taken, let's say they take one of the Nephilim mothers, that's granddom of the first of, of these women, and they would put these blue balls in her womb, put her in a ship, and take her all over the world to every portal, and release her essence will be deposited. Of, of, of these babies in these portals would be left there, their bit of humanity, so that when they start being active, they can move to any portal in the world and gain access. They have legal right. There's part of them there. So it was a, it was a brilliant plan, this whole plan of Hitler, this Hitler project. And so she became, she became accustomed to be trafficked on a spiritual level because she was so used to being taken and used and, you know, done with whatever they wanted. And so it's, that's the story of so many of these women that have become hybrids, that have given birth to hybrids. And what we have found, Daniel, is that up until the age of 12, these children are under the authority of their parents. So God gives the parents um, legal right. And he says to them, raise them up in my ways. But if the parents are cult, they sell the children, they give the children, they barter the children to Satan. And um, these children are used for whatever purposes that the devil wants. So the parents were not obedient. And God stood by because that's his word. And he wept. He wept while they were being raped and going through the most horrific rituals. But he kept his promise. He said, I'll never leave you. And because he made that commitment and that promise, that's why we can pray for them. Because he never left them. He, they are alive today. Every survivor is alive today because of the promise of Jesus that he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so through the, the worst, darkest times, he was there and he wept. And so he's, he's taken them through. And when, when, when we can start telling them the good news, um, 
I, I've just seen the most amazing deliverances, you know, as, as God is, as you take the spectrum of different ages, you know, if you look at the timeline and, and you take from 44, which was Hitler project and how they were used then up until the age of 12, they, they, they get split and there's, there's no choice. There's no choice. They absolutely made slaves. Then from 13, they know that there's a shift that takes place that God says, put in his word, they now receive the yoke of adulthood. So they become accountable for their own choices. Now they have to get them so angry and so built up that they've encapsulated all that anger and enhanced it with Satan's anger and the Nephilim anger that when that 13 year old, when they go through that ritual and it's crucifixions and, and all sorts of horrific stuff, they then make a choice with their own free will. I choose to serve Satan, Lucifer. I choose to turn my back. I want nothing to do with God because it's, it's this, this little one, this little one, when, when they're 13 months old, there's, there's a whole timeline that we, that, that we work on. So we get conception identity, 1944, but there are other names as well. And they're all part of core. And we find out the core names. And it's, it helps so much, Dan, if you can get the names of their identity. And there's normally for the younger generation up to 13 core names up to the age of 13. So it's 12 plus 13, which is the typical way they work. So the 13, you've got your, your, your presenter. And I don't know about you, but I thought you read any textbook. Who's the presenter? No, the presenter is the part that lives everyday life. The presenter is the one that is going to now fight with you and does fight with you. And, and we're going to accept um, Jesus as Lord and, and we're going to pray. And, and it's like an anchor point. And you bring everybody home to the body. Presenters is part of it, very strong part of it. But you work with conception identity always because, I mean, that's who you are. But present and conception identity of different names. So, so now, if you anchor them, now what, what, we, what we're coming up against now is that presenter starts to find that the parts that, are now, that have come in out of the kingdom of darkness, parts of my humanity, are passing me. They're getting stronger. And now the presenter's saying, what's going on? Dan, I searched every textbook that's been written on this. I Googled the only one that I found that could tell me something about the presenter and what's going on was Svali. Mm -hmm. Have you read Svali stuff? Of course I've read Svali. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that's absolutely yeah okay she, she's, she wrote on the presenter and she said the presenter is the worst damaged of everyone in the system it's hidden it's hidden 
and I'm busy working with presenters now. And their memories is in the family, which is the surrogate family, but it was their family. It's the only family they knew where they bonded, where there was some sort of connection. So in their parts, they know, come on, they sold me out. They abandoned me. But the presenter still believed there's some sort of a loyalty. And we are getting this now at a level I have not seen. So we've brought a lot of parts together. But now it's this thing about the presenter. So it'll be good to, we can share on that and talk about that. And you can help me what you know about that. Um, but it's just interesting how it works. Yeah, it, it is fascinating. You know, I, I've, ran, I've run into so many different structures of programming at this point that it's, and it can be as vast as everything I do for this system, I rewrite and completely reapproach for this system. There, so it gets, because I've sat down with the Chinese system before. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Very different. Um, different. Uh, you know, there are European systems, then, then, like Nigerian witch doctor, like that whole realm. And then the American MK Ultra government. It, it is, there can be radical. Okay, so before we run out of time, you mentioned Russian program. And there was something that you wanted to say about that. And so yeah. I want to get there because I had some other comments, but we're going to leave those off the table for now. Tell me about the Russian program. Okay. Um, I'm working with um, the Russians. So what we found was that we, we, we started to pray around one day we were working with her and suddenly she just hit and she says to me, I'm sure I went out last night. And I mean, when I hear access, I see red and I say, come on, we've got to stop this. I get so upset when they get taken out, you know, no, we've got to close this door. So um, I said, but there's no high day. It's not full moon. It's not new moon. So what's going on here? It was the 9th of May. She says, but don't you know, this is the biggest holiday in Russia. Said, no, I didn't know. It's not on the calendar. It's so the, the, the other thing is also the Russian Orthodox Church that has a Passover, but not on the same time as the Jewish Passover. But there's a huge ritual and a flame that travels from Israel to Russia. And it gets received there and the whole nation comes under this thing. Hmm. Scary stuff. There's a clip on it. I can send you that information. So they show it how they actually get the flame. It's lit supernaturally. 
no matches, no nothing near it. It's like a Zeus, same thing as the Zeus flame, the sun, and then this high priest dressed up in the whole regalia, two Palestinian gods standing at the door. That was interesting to me. So this guy comes with a flame. He gets this supernatural lit flame and it gets taken then. There's a whole crowd waiting for it. There's a big cheer when the flame comes and then they're all waiting outside and then this thing gets onto a plane. It gets put into a special container that it will burn all the way. The same as the Zeus flame of, of the Olympics. And then it gets to Russia and then it gets received there. And then it gets a whole ritual done. And this is with the Russian Passover. Okay, it was another very big high day where she was summoned to be. And so 9th of May. So she says, but this is the big military day. This is the big day that, you know, the, the main number one leader, he goes and he, and he brings all his tanks and flyovers and it's a huge thing. But now COVID was going, so they couldn't do that. But the spiritual was still summoning. They had to be at the ritual. So she had to be there and um, perform her thing. She's very highly placed, ranked there. And um, so we, we prayed about that. And it was the first time that I'd sort of heard. But I, in the process, I just heard the Lord say, look at the shield, the crest, family crest of Anastasia. I mean, she's the Hitler project. So I've never looked at it, never thought to look at it. So I pull it up on Google, and here we have the the whole the, the the breastplate. This is very interesting. I wonder if you could pull it up. I should have told you, um, but if you can, maybe I'll, while I'll, I'll chat, I'll try. I'll try. To okay. Do. Yeah. While I chat, um, what you will see is that there's a breastplate with stones, just like the high priest breastplate has got the stones. It's on on their breastplate, on Anastasia Romanov, the breastplate. Then you have um, at the top of the family crest in a corner, you have the German symbol of the eagle, which they call the Adler. Anyway, what happened was what you will see on this shield is you've got the stones of the breastplate and then you have this double-headed eagle, which is the Adler, which is Hitler's symbol, but it's just at the top of the shield. And then the, the penny dropped for me and I realized Germany is a shield for Russia. because Hitler was a Russian Jew. And on the 9th of May, Hitler took Germany and they bowed their knee and acknowledged the power of Russia. And so who's the main power then? 
It's not Germany. Germany is just a shield. We've all been watching Germany, Germany, Germany. But who's behind Germany? And who's the actual Hitler project? It's Russia. Russia has got so much gold. The mines. They have not Antarctica. They have the North Pole. There are major, major activity going on. There's major activity going on there in the cult. It's being funded by these guys that own the mines and the gold. But at the moment, things are in a crisis. And I mean, you can read, you can Google it and read it in the news. And so the survivors whose parts are stuck there are waiting on commands to do the next assignment, but they're stuck there. So we've been praying and petitioning that God will intervene because the blood of Russia, Russia, the ground of Russia is soaked in blood. Soaked in blood. Like they say, uh, there were 6 million Jews, but over in Russia, 50 million under Stalin. That's right. And that's why I'm saying to you, Germany is a shield. Mm. And we've been watching Germany, Germany, Germany. But you've got to go into Russia because that's, the, that's, the, that's where the real power is. And I've been finding survivors that thought they were only Western stuff, but we're hitting, we're hitting stuff going on in Russia. We're getting Russian parts. And Daniel, when we have another chance to talk, I've been working a lot in the Netherlands. And the water kingdom, the marine kingdom has opened up for me in a level that I have not seen before mermaids rankings of mermaids the deepest of the deepest sea where no light shines where it is so dense where there are monsters with they mermaid but they have monster teeth they are like hybrid freaks and only those that are in the top triangle of lucifer that have gone through the abyss can swim down there. It goes into like a funnel. The whole water kingdom. And it's it's got like a labyrinth. It's different levels. And things happen at different levels. Whether it's rivers or whether it's seas. They can swim from one city, country, to another. If you know the labyrinth. You know, and folks, here, here's what I'm going to have to do. I'm just going to have to say we're going to be <laughs> exploring the water spirit kingdom with Amanda Byers at some point in the future because you, you're about to, because I know a few things, but this is the thing. Folks, today <laughs> we got together to discuss the Hitler project. So you're going to have to wait with bated breath. Amanda Byers, outstanding job. I just so appreciate you. I appreciate your ministry, everything that you have done um, to be uh, just 
carving out solutions. I mean, and, and you and your husband as well. I mean, have been at it for a long time. You have been faithful. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule to uh, hang out with me today. Oh, so, great. Um, there is a presentation at, at conference, actually, about the HIPAA project that is available for people that want more information. Where can they find it? Uh, Daniel, they can go onto my website. Um, I think you, you've got it, canaanministries.org. Um, and they can download the stuff. All the material is there. Also, the, the stuff that we've done on the Kabbalah, uh, which was the last uh, conference that we did um, in the Netherlands. We did it on Zoom in June. And um, we did uh, the stuff that, that we've been talking about. Um, obviously, we didn't do all the detail you've done. I think you've done a fantastic job. Um, you know, opening up all the different circles. And so we didn't want to go and repeat that. We felt, no, we'll just refer to you. But what we then did was we took the charts of, of the different programmers and we started to look at, okay, how do they actually program? I mean, you've used some profound words this afternoon, how you saw the template and, and the, the combination. Um, and I think, I think we still got a lot to, to, we can talk a lot about this and I think we can learn a lot from each other. I'd like to hear your feedback. I'm going to send you, um, the manual so that you can have a look and then just tell me what you think. But, um, you know, that, that we've understood that the Kabbalah tree is the foundation of mind control. And as you've said it, you found it, that everything is based on that. So, um, it's been such a privilege and a blessing to share with you this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you for connecting again. And I appreciate you, Dan. I really, really honor you for the work you're doing. And so many people have um, been helped. And uh, just for the viewers to know that um, Dan's doing also a little bit of work here with some South Africans. And um, I've just heard such good feedback and things are breaking open that I'm super excited about. So, And carry on the good work, Daniel. I'm looking forward to your center, your conference, your, your training center that you are planning, that God's given you the vision for. And um, it will be such a joy to see that coming into fulfillment. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, that is all. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.